as we roll in to another week of college football. After a week of turmoil and chaos in the Big 12 Conference, we arrive to one of my favorite shows of the year. It's our Halloween edition of The Blitz. Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable Podcast. If you miss any of the show this evening, make sure you check us out wherever you find your podcast. You'll be able to find us somewhere. Trust me. We're excited. It's Halloween Eve. It is Halloween Eve. (laughs) Mountaineers and Baylor on Halloween night. Spooky, crazy, freaky things happen on Halloween. And you're playing in a town called Wacko. I, I mean Waco. Sorry about that. Crazy things happen there with David Koresh. David Koresh makes gets his name on the Blitz. My goodness, David Koresh. That was spooky. It was spooky. I don't think it's something that the uh, town of Waco likes to broadcast. I don't think so. I don't think they want to be famous for that. <laughs> I think they want to be famous for their Baylor Bears. At one point not too long ago, they didn't want to be famous for their Baylor Bears no, either. Matt Roll has done a fantastic job with this Baylor Bear program. We're going to get into Baylor a little bit later on in the show. We'll we'll also get into the chaotic week. It almost seemed like Halloween came a little early in the Big 12. Question is, does it continue through Halloween night? Will our panelists... In the room, I am just feeling like somebody is going to take an upset. I, I feel someone's picking West Virginia tonight. Neil Waldeck? Well, I'm not going to tell you my picks <laughs> until we get ready to do the actual picks. But well, well I, you never know. I mean, I, West I, Virginia could come out with a win. Uh, they Kansas State knocks off Oklahoma. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, you didn't. Not that even was a close. Surprise. Guys, before we get into all that, by the way, my name is Chris Westfall. I'm the host of the show. Neil Waldeck and Kelly uh, Kelly Gamble over in Studio B. Aaron Host joins me in Studio A. Before we get into college football tonight, guys, I want to take this time and congratulate our Preston High Knights on what is um, maybe possibly the the biggest win in program history. Could we go that far? De- uh, definitely a big win. Uh, haven't it's just haven't been a long time coming. Haven't knocked off University High in football since 1993. That that's at the beginning of the school. Yeah, I, yeah. I think at the time for the program has been it was definitely one of the biggest wins. Uh, University may be down just a little bit too, but they got three wins against Triple A opponents, which is uh, fair and well right now. If Preston High can win these last two games, and even possibly if they win one of the last two, Preston High does have a chance to make the playoffs. So for that, it makes it a very important win, but I think it's a program turner as far as where they are right now. Maybe not the biggest win in school history, but definitely one that you could uh, turn a program around based on. Neil Kelly, you guys had the call of the game uh, Friday night. I got to tell a story when I found out. Okay, because I, I was in Morgantown very late. I'm um, coming back, and, and I always check my Twitter feed um, 
at the end of the night, and I see Preston High <laughs> defeats University, and I couldn't believe it. Guys, you were up there. Tell me your thoughts on the game. What impressed you? What was the crowd like? Just everything Friday night. The crowd at the end of the game especially. Again, I mean, I think it was at the beginning. I think that everybody was kind of unsure. But by the time that uh, late in the third quarter, especially late in the fourth quarter, the crowd was definitely into it. Uh, basically, I opened up the window, Chris, a couple times so that the the fans on the radio could hear our fans because it got very, very loud and uh, exciting especially the last five minutes of the game. The atmosphere was great. There were some big hits. There were some big plays near the end of the game. And Preston pulled it out. I mean, and, and it's it really was exciting. It was fun to be a part of. And uh, I think that uh, we can say again that it's a turning point, hopefully, for this Preston High program. We still have a lot of young players. It was senior night. We only have seven seniors. One of them is injured. So uh, I think the future right now does Look good with these young kids. I'd like to see some more kids out. And also the good thing about it is we have a Squires team that is actually playing very well, a middle school team that is uh, up and coming. And I've seen some uh, – I get the opportunity to do some PA announcing there for that. And so we got some good-looking athletes coming up. So I think the program is headed in the right direction if the kids stay dedicated. Neil, your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was an exciting game. You know, uh, especially in the second half, uh, University High came down and scored, and you thought, oh, here we go again. Now, that was kind of my thought. I thought yeah. University High is going to control the second half, and this game is over. But Preston, uh, resilient, uh, they came back, scored the touchdown uh, late there in the third quarter, and really never looked back. Uh, they they hung on defensively, uh, and uh, I thought University High went one-dimensional in this game. Uh, they didn't use their top running back, uh, which I found out that he was injured, but he still ran the ball a little bit, and he he was playing exceptionally well on the defensive side of the football. But uh, definitely they went one-dimensional, which was throw the football. And our secondary stood up and was able to uh, withhold that University I Hawks offense. Aaron Host, would you like to add anything about the, the Preston High university game from this past friday night well me having the privilege to run the board here at the station while neil and kelly call the game i i can say for the first time in a long time listening to a preston high game had never been so invigorating and just listening to i was literally on the edge of my seat in that fourth quarter it was almost like watching a mountaineer football game coming down to the end where it could be heartbreak city but you could also be crying tears of joy at the end and Normally, I don't for Preston High. It's a, it's another game for me, but I was actually emotionally invested in that game for the first time probably. You know, that was the first time in my life I've ever been emotionally invested in a Preston High football game. Guys, it is a big win. Uh, I understand University eh, definitely not as good as they have been in the past, but just um, and going to Preston High, that's always – you know, we don't have a real, real rivalry. After the consolidation of the school district and, and being one big school here in the county, you never really had a true rivalry. And being able to beat either a university or a Morgantown in any sport was a big deal. I can remember being a part of, I'm going to show my age here, the 99 baseball team that handed University High their only loss. They went on to win the state championship in baseball, and it was a big deal. Yeah, we didn't have 
the great season they did. They did, but to be able to beat them, um, especially since they went on to win the state championship, just a cool thing. So I, I wanted to extend a congratulations to all the Knights involved in that big win. Congratulations uh, to the coaching staff and just everybody involved. Guys, we're going to take a break, and I promise when we come back, we'll start talking a little college football. West Virginia Baylor, that's what we're talking about. Halloween nights tomorrow, getting ready for the big game right here on the Blitz. Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. The Halloween edition of The Blitz. Halloween Eve, as Neil Waldeck just said. Michael Myers in the background. Mm. Michael Myers. Tomorrow, Old Hallow's Eve. Halloween in most of the world, especially here in America. Yes. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Anyway, guys, college football. Strange things happen when games fall on Halloween night. West Virginia travels into Waco, Texas to take on the now ranked, highly ranked, number 12, Baylor Bears. The only undefeated team left. In the Big 12. For once again, another week where West Virginia is preparing to face the top team in the Big 12. According to Neil Brown, they are not preparing. He's making sure his team is ready to go, but he's not really preparing for the Baylor Bears. No, not in regard that he doesn't have respect for them. It's, he's more worried about his team and improving them than worried more about looking at the Baylor Bears. It's interesting you say that, Neil. I didn't very, say that. Well, he it's very that. interesting he said that. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. I love how we're talking very ominously <laughs> as the Halloween music plays in the back, setting the scene. Very interesting he says that. West Virginia has a week where they can focus on themselves. Correct. While Baylor sets at home last weekend and watches as they become the number one team in the Big 12. The team that controls their own destiny. A team that will host, host both Oklahoma and Texas in the weeks to come. They definitely, Hard for a college football it. player to... It turned their attention away from that fact. If we don't beat them, I'm on a route for them to go undefeated. Okay. All right. Let's get rid of this music. It's starting to scare me. <laughs> it's all part of the Halloween, <laughs> you know, can Baylor withstand uh, the teams and make it to the Big 12 championship <laughs> and maybe even into the playoffs? <laughs> hey, look, guys, they, they control their own destiny. You know, Texas um, now has two losses. Two in the league. Two in the league. Two and three overall, but two in the league. So all Baylor has to do is really make sure they bump out Texas and don't stumble and they're in the Big 12 championship game. 
I agree with that. Yeah, they definitely have that uh, shot, and the way they're playing right now, I think they they're they're looking at at that. Uh, I think they could possibly be looking, in that championship of the Big Twelve championship game. Looking ahead to those things, always looking ahead to those things. While West Virginia sets at home and takes a week for themselves to reevaluate, to get ready, to prepare. You know, you as a West Virginia player, you're not looking at the Big 12 championship. You can't. You're you're three wins, and you've already lost to Texas and Oklahoma. You're not thinking Big 12 championship. You're you're thinking about how I can get better this week. How how can I get better moving forward? And I think that was the talk of the week for the I Mountaineer think, football team. I believe that is correct. Yes. Hmm. I want everybody to keep that stuff in mind as we move forward. Led by Charlie Brewer, guys. Another very mobile quarterback. Um, I I can remember when Charlie Brewer uh, made his debut in a Baylor uniform. It was against us. A a few years back, we jumped up on him 28-0 early. They put Brewer in the game because their other quarterback goes down, brings him back. They end up losing by 7 to a very decent Mountaineer team. Last year, Charlie Brewer gets knocked out of the game very early, so he's never really had a full go at the Mountaineers going into his third year, his his third shot at the Mountaineer. Uh, Mountaineers, uh, Denzel Mims, big wide receiver that you'll have to look out for. John Levitt out of the backfield for Baylor as well, the names that you'll want to watch offensively. Baylor as a defense only allowing 20 points a game, actually 19, 19.1 per game, scoring almost 40 a game. And all three linebackers are leading them in tackles, which bodes well because your linebackers are making the plays and they're not the secondary is not making a lot of tackles. So those linebackers, all three, are leading them in tackles. Uh, Neil Waldeck. Going to you, your thoughts, Baylor Bears, West Virginia, what you see happening this Thursday night, this Halloween? Well, since it is Halloween Eve and they'll be playing on Halloween, uh, this one's going to be scary to watch. Because it's going to be scary as to if West Virginia can stop this Baylor Bears offense. Uh, Charlie uh, uh, Brewer uh, not only can run the football, but he has been successfully throwing the football as well. He's 66% completion. He has 12 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. It is. With the competition that he's played thus far. And uh, then you've got some big wide receivers uh, that, uh, and Mims, uh, one of them, um, that can that are very good wide receivers. And this team is going to be potent they know what is at stake and you take a team like baylor who knows what's at stake and you take west virginia who has been struggling thus far up to this point and you know the question is which you know i've heard reports you know is trey Lowe going to start a quarterback oh let's would not he, start that no, uh, no, no would no, he no. see some some playing nah. time yeah, we'll put him in to run the quarterback draw again. But they did they did do that and it didn't work that well. Is is that what Neil Brown plans on continuing to do? And that that uh, you know, right now I think this team is trying to improve 
but I don't think they can compete with a Baylor team at a Baylor in this in this kind of environment. And I, th- I really think this is going to probably be a scary kind of game. I think uh, West Virginia. Well, I, I really think of it as more or less like the uh, the Oklahoma game. Mm. Uh, we just really we, we have we we struggle offensively, and I just don't see us doing any much uh, better than that. I know Oklahoma lost this week. Uh, okay, but I'm telling you now, Oklahoma's still the best team in this league. I, I understand they they got knocked off this past week. It happens in college football every week. Three straight weeks now, parody. we've had that top five upset that There's came out of nowhere. Parody. Right, guys. I want to take you back to two weeks ago to Baylor's last game playing Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a team that lost to Kansas this week. Takes them into overtime. Guys, a blown call is what finished that game. Texas Tech had them beat. There was a blown call on a legal snap that should have gave the ball to Texas Tech. Texas Tech should have won that game. Baylor, don't get me wrong. Matt Rule has done an excellent job with this team. I cannot say enough good things about the job he has done at Baylor taking over for the mess that he was handed. However, I don't know if they are truly upper echelon Oklahoma, Texas material for that matter. Aaron Host, let's go to you you right now. Uh, Your thoughts on West Virginia Baylor Halloween night in Waco, Texas. I I, I don't think it's going to be good at all. Mm. Uh, All the stats you threw out there about how West Virginia's offense is so low, scoring like 22 points per game. Baylor allows only 19. It's just a scary It's a scary formula for a bad night for the Mountaineers. I think Neal could be well on the right path with what the score could be. But with that being said, it is Halloween. Crazy things do happen, and crazier things have happened in college football. And the Mountaineers could pull off the upset. It's a very real possibility. Am I picking them? Remains to be seen. I'm not mm. getting that pick out there yet. <laughs> But it's just, uh, for me, it just seems like a recipe for disaster this Thursday night uh, in Waco, Texas, which you could call them wacko, because if the Mountaineers do pull off the upset, Baylor will be wacko. I want to kind of go back to the Oklahoma game. Oklahoma got caught with their head in the clouds. K-State slaps them in the mouth. Oklahoma just dashed their playoff chances. Could Baylor do the same thing? Baylor has their head in the clouds, thinks this Mountaineer team's going to be an easy pushover. The Mountaineers come out firing, kind of like the Preston High Knights did against the University High. They, get, they catch them looking. And when it comes down to the end of it, it's already too little, too late, and the Mountaineers walk out with a victory. I, I don't know if Baylor's necessarily overlooking us. I, I just wonder how much they're peeking ahead. Especially when you know you have Oklahoma and Texas coming to your place in just a couple weeks. I, I, I don't know if there's so much overlooking West Virginia or peeking ahead into the future. I, I don't think they're at the point yet where they can say, oh, well, we're just going to roll these guys. I, and I don't know if they are. Kelly Gamble, your thoughts, West Virginia, Baylor, Spooky season, Halloween night. Well, I think just that. Matt Rule's going to say, look what happened last week. He's going to make sure that he instills in his players that you cannot overlook anybody on any given week 
obviously we've had upsets with 30-point favorites. Uh, I believe right now that Baylor is uh, 18 and a half, I believe, uh, the last time I looked. Um, so you, know, you can't be overconfident whenever you have teams, like you said, three weeks in a row losing top five teams. So I think that Matt Rule will have Baylor prepared and ready. Uh, some things do happen on Halloween. And uh, to me, I, I don't know. I, I thought I heard Neil Waldeck playing a song earlier. Uh, when we'll hear a little bit later, but it's going to take something like really, really tricky and spooky and possibly some type of a spell. This comes out of nowhere. Spell. Uh, for Oof. West Virginia to compete, I think, on Thursday night. I love when we tease ahead to the Neil Waldeck song of the week. We I've know. I've never done that before. so uh, We know. Uh, yeah. How how many people just listen for that song, Neil? Yeah, they're 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 waiting now. They'll be waiting for that next segment <laughs> to find out what the uh, Neil's song of the week is. I, I think Matt Rule has Baylor ready this week. Keith Washington back in the lineup. Uh, we'll see his return. Uh, other injuries, uh, of course, Quandris Qualls will not play. Um, anything else we've seen on the they're, injury front? They're struggling at that bandit position, and right now yeah. a true freshman. Uh, I read in the paper there that a true freshman is going to play his last four games to come in and, and fill in some time. They said he's definitely going to see some playing time. So uh, we're going to see a true freshman. I can't remember his name at this moment, but we're going to see him at the band <laughs> position. You know the injuries are deep when you're you're sitting here going, who the heck's going to play that position now? I, you know, I, I saw it. I, I don't even remember his name. I don't but... because that's how many players they've been playing know. You know, on defense this year. They're just bringing kids in and – so this kid's going to play as a true freshman, though, Thursday night. It's uh, Neil Brown has spoken and said he will play this yeah, You know, and outside of, of trying to shut down Oklahoma, which is tough to do. I know Kansas State won the game, but they still gave up a ton of points. Outside of that game, guys, this defense has not played bad. Granted, they're playing all the freshmen. They're playing walk-ons. They've got injuries all over the place. And still not playing that bad. I, I will. St- I think the most interesting part of this game tomorrow night is still how our defense can match up against another high-powered Big Twelve offense. How they can shut down a very mobile quarterback. Uh, they didn't do bad against Jalen Hurts. They only gave up 79 yards to Jalen Hurts, and he was the team's leading rusher that day. So, you know, I'm starting to wonder, are we seeing little steps, little baby steps of improvement, and how much is it going to help us in three years when these guys are finally juniors and have all this experience? Well, one thing about Brewer, though, He's not like they don't make design runs no, for him. No, they don't. He just knows he's just got great vision of the field, and he, when he sees that opening, boom, he's gone. It's Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Yeah, he, he knew how to extend a play, and if right. he had to use his legs, he did it. So, uh, offensively, guys, uh, you know, I I just hope we see something different. Well, I, I know you you, and I don't even know well, if Brandon and Trey was okay. The running okay. back, just the, the freshman maybe. running back, maybe. We're down to we're down to the final four games. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that, so what's that tell you? We got freshmen that's been waiting, yeah. possibly in the wings to play and still be freshmen next year. I, I would be very interested to see. I know Seth Deggy did travel to Oklahoma, just as Neil Brown said to get him familiar with having to go to an environment like that. 
if he's going to travel with the team, could you possibly see Seth Deggy at, at some po- point, the quarterback transfer is, from Bowling Green? Is he healthy? Is my I don't know. Is he I healthy? would say he is. He had an off-season surgery, so, I, you know, I think he would. I don't know if he's healthy or not. I mean, I, mean, I think he is healthy. I would say he and, would and, But you may not. I think if, if the Mountaineers struggle in this game against Baylor, then the next four games, you might see that. I don't know. Uh, again, um, Kendall has not played well. Uh, he hasn't played bad. And hey, he so really has. I, I don't know why you would want to yank him. Everybody, the quarterback always gets way too much glory or way they too do. much blame. Every time. It takes it's fan base. guys you know, cohesively, and, and it starts with the offensive line. And it starts with establishing a running game to help the quarterback. That's right. And we still haven't been able to do that. So I, I think our best chance to pull an upset is to find a way to slow down this Baylor offense that's averaging 39 points a game. If you can keep them down to high 20s, maybe, maybe you got a shot. You may have a chance. Might have a chance. You're going to need to be plus, plus three or four in turnovers and have a big special teams play. And, of course, it'll all happen on Halloween night tomorrow. Live from Waco, Texas, as Kelly Gamble reminded us, the site of the Koresh cult. I love Halloween, man. It's great. Kickoff tomorrow, set for 8 o'clock, our airtime. Neil Waldeck? We start at 4.30. 4.30. He didn't even have to think about it. He just, I just shocked him with it. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll be back here on the Blitz simulcasting on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Welcome back as we roll right into the Neil Waldeck Song of the Week. Yes. I put a spell on you. Exactly. That's what the Mountaineers are going to have to do. Come away with a win over those Baylor Bears. This version of the song, Credence Clearwater Revival, CCR. Do you know the guy who originally? Jay Hawkins. Who? Jay Hawkins. Uh, did you see the video of that song on the internet? Yes, I did. That was scary in he itself. Was. I had to find a new new version of this song. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween night, tomorrow night, as West Virginia will travel to Waco, Texas, to take on the 12th-ranked Baylor Bears, sole possession of first place in the Big 12 Conference. Eight o'clock kickoff time, four thirty here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station. Want to remind anybody, everybody, if you miss any part of tonight's show, make sure you find the Sports Roundtable podcast wherever you find podcasts. You can check us out all week long. Now, Chris, uh, I just want to add. Um, I know that we're getting ready for Mountaineer basketball. I just want to oh, let yes. fans know that we've got an exhibition game on Friday night. Uh, so, we, therefore, we couldn't uh, do uh, Preston High football, but we do have an exhibition game because of our rights. We have to carry the game. 
and the Mountaineers uh, will ho- uh, host the uh, Duquesne Dukes. So you can get a debut of the Mountaineers, kind of check them out, see what you think. If you can't make it to the game, you can hear that. Uh, airtime is at 6.30 for that game, and tip-off is set for 7 o'clock. Man, we don't waste any time. We just roll right from football into basketball. That's right. Hey, Kelly, we were talking about this early earlier. You remember when Duquesne was on the regular season schedule back in the Atlantic 10 days? I had season tickets back then. <laughs> uh, I, I had season tickets the year the Mountaineers went 27-4 and four, uh, with uh, Greg Jones and Lester Rowe. Back, oh, my you know, goodness. I'm sure that there's a lot of fans out there listening to us that remember those guys. And uh, So, yeah, absolutely. I was there and saw a lot of Duquesne games. Matter of fact, I went to Pittsburgh once for the Atlantic 10 tournament, and the Mountaineers played Duquesne. Mm. In that tournament that year. Speaking of basketball, real quick, and, and of course that is our, you know, next thing we'll be talking about after football season. Uh, Aaron Host brought this up before the show tonight. Anybody see Javon Carter? Uh, I have. Aaron. Well, he's he's doing a good job with the Suns. He's cracked their starting lineup a few of the games this year. I think the other night he had one of his best games in his young NBA career, scoring like 15, bo- 15 points, like seven boards and so many assists. He was close to having a double-double. Hit a three-pointer uh, late in the game to give him a chance to win, tied it up. Javon's looking pretty good in a Phoenix Suns uniform. He hit three threes one game, and what they're most impressed about, of course, he, he plays was defense. defensive player of the year <laughs> two years in a row in college basketball. <laughs> And the coaching staff is very impressed with his defense, and they're one of the best defensive teams right now in the NBA early on. You know, I, I, I don't usually watch one of Aaron's guys, Stephen A., but he, he was throwing a fit the other day about, you know, Golden State, and they're not looking good earlier in the year, and just tore them apart because they're not playing defense. And he said defense isn't hard. It just involves effort. They never did play defense. They didn't yeah. have to. They have enough offensive firepower the Golden State that they've never had to play defense. They Stephen A. is one of your guys, right? Stephen A. is my guy. Yeah. I, I love watching him and Skip Bayless get into it all the time. Now now it's him and Max Kellerman, but I love that show. Hey, guys. Uh, Halloween came early in the Big 12 conference last week. And it started earlier in the day. I tell you, I was watching the Ohio State-Wisconsin game and see that midway through the third quarter, Kansas State's up. Um, Then all of a sudden, I flip it over, and K-State's up by 14, and then by 21, and hung on for the win. Huge win for Chris Kleiman in his first year at Kansas State. Later in the day, I watched Oklahoma State knock off Iowa State at home. Then Kansas beats Kansas State, and let's stop, not Kansas State, Kansas beats Texas Tech. Let's stop there for a second, because did anybody actually watch how that game ended? Nobody? Aaron? Aaron? No. Let me tell you, if you haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch it. Here's the deal. Okay, let me set the scene for you. Game is tied. Texas Tech, uh, Kansas travels the length of the field. Sets up about a 30-yard field goal with about seven seconds left. Game's tied. Kansas State. No, I'm sorry. Texas Tech was up by a point. Okay, Kansas goes to kick the field goal with seven seconds. It is blocked. Texas Tech picks up the ball. What do you do with it? Kneel down. You kneel down. You get the heck down. Guy tries to take off. Ends up fumbling the ball. 
Kansas recovers, kicks a 35-yarder to win the game with no time left. They got a Christmas gift, not a half gift there. Unbelievable. Yeah, birthday present all wrapped yeah. in one. Unbelievable. So if you're thinking Kansas just went in and manhandled Texas Tech, they, they won on a freak accident. But, um, man, yeah, just take the kneel, lay down on the ground. Don't got to do anything else. He tried to return it. Unbelievable. Guys, what, I, what I'm getting at here, okay, um, Chris Kleiman gets his first big win in the Big 12 Conference. Um, Les Miles gets a big win in the conference, took Texas to the limit last week. Uh, Matt Wells at Texas Tech, they have shown that they have the ability to beat teams. They beat Oklahoma State earlier in the year. Each one of the new coaches in the Big 12 has something to hang their hat on that things are getting better. What has Neil Brown done here so far this year, guys? And does he need to do something this year to have something to hang his hat on and say, look, we're getting better. Everything's going to be okay. Go to you first, Neil. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I'm not giving you time to talk you about it. I was looking at Kelly, you know. I thought you were going to go to him and you sprung it to me. Um, well, this, I, you know what? I think Neil Brown is is done well for what he's got and i don't have no problem with way he's done and with the wins that we've got thus far now you're asking for neil brown um to go into baylor and pull out this big upset i don't think that's going to happen um but does he still have some wins in this big 12 conference i do believe i i think that texas tech is one of those uh, games that may match up well with us we're at home it could be a possibility, um, you know, but, you know, he's already got one win under his belt, which was Kansas, uh, you know, and, and does. But, did, but let, let me stop you there for just a second. Does, and I know Kansas is getting better as the year progresses, but when we beat them, is that a win that you can really hang your hat on? And say, hey, that was a good one. Well, yeah, because I think Les Miles is a great coach, and okay. I think uh, right. you know he had some trickery up his pl- uh, up his sleeve that uh, day that we went in to beat him. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, always a big thing if you can beat a coach like that. I think it looks better now because of how Kansas is playing. Right at the time, no, right. I don't think it was a big win, but now it looks better. Whenever Kansas only loses by two to to Texas, I mean fifty to forty eight. I mean right now, I wouldn't want to play Kansas right now. Right. So, with that being said, I told Neil that earlier before we started the show that I'm glad that we played Kansas early because Kansas right now, I wouldn't want to play him right now. But I personally don't think that Neil Brown has to do any more this year was your question. Really? Nothing, you don't I, think, I don't he think he needs that, I mean, that? No, I'm trusting the climb. I mean, I... You don't think he needs that win against the one team he really shouldn't year, have beat? no. Okay. I mean, next year, right. maybe. But this year, no. I don't, I don't think that he has to do that this year. And, and Neil, what he said with, with what he has... I mean, look at the defense. It's decimated. I mean, the defense has been decimated. The offensive line has been a struggle all year. So I agree with what Neil says there. With what he has, I think he's done well with what he has. So I I don't think that he's done anything or has to do anything more this year to prove a point. Well, let's take this over to Aaron House. Now, Aaron House, our our resident college student, goes to WVU. And, And let's get a view of this from a student. As a student... Do you think the majority of that end of it is looking for him to do more this year? 
I think a lot of the students who do not pay attention to the sports <laughs> and go to the football games as more of a social aspect do expect more. They expect us to be uh, the cream of the crop when you got the people that the circles I hang around in, which are a lot of the sports reporters being that I'm a journalist. They're not expecting so much big things for the Mountaineers this year. They're expecting more just like all, all four of us here in the studio. They're expecting more of what are we improving upon that we weren't last week. The I think the NC State game was a huge step forward in that, in that first Okay, in, okay. In that first four games. Now let me stop and argue your point there, okay? So I wanted somebody else to throw out the other win. Is NC State... You know, you look at what they've done this year. You look at where they're going to end up. Does that count as that win that you probably shouldn't have gotten? I think it does in a sense that you just came off a royal butt whooping against Missouri. Okay. And you rebound in such a manner that I expect us to be a little more down. I expected the team to hold their heads. But you can see Neil Brownie, he implements a thing he calls the juice squad, which is basically the people who aren't playing the red shirt people, the people who are not going to see the field. They're always on the sideline pumping the team up. That's something you didn't see in years past, even going back to the Bill Stewart days. You never saw that. If the team was down, they were putting their head down. It's kind of tuck your tail in between your legs and let's move on to next week. Whereas this team... Neil Brown always brings in a positive mantra into that locker room every day, day in and day out, no matter if they lose. He does not go in there and beat the players up and say how bad they've done, how bad the coach has done. He tells them how good they've done, but what they can improve on. Less harping on them, but more doing character building. And that's how you get the 110% out of the players. And that's why our team is is successful this year, whereas in previous coaching regimes we would not have been. Just how Neil Brown approaches things. So I think he's got a lot to hang his hat on this year. Even if he, even if he only wins one more game this year, this year was a success. Hey, you, you know me. I, I think they need to get to four wins. And, and I think no matter how you get there, um, no matter who you beat in these teams that let, that are left on your schedule, I, I think it's going to be one that you can say, okay, whether that is beating one of the new coaches in the Big 12, I, I think if you can get a win against Texas Tech or um, Kansas State, you've already beat Les Miles. If you could beat one of those two teams, you know, I, I, I think that you got something there. Now, if you can pull an upset, just this crazy, freaky Halloween night upset, boy, that would be something. I, I think we've all kind of mentioned, and I think maybe even Aaron has mentioned this more than others, is you just feel that Neil Brown, with what he's done in the past, is going to beat somebody he shouldn't beat. And that is what I'm interested but to see for the Chris, rest of the what year. If, what if he doesn't win any more games? You okay with that? No, I think you got to get to four wins. But it, what if he doesn't? I, I think you're falling behind the curb a little bit. Uh, especially that I, I don't know if it's going to be a lot better next year. You know, I think you got to get to four, and I think next year you got to be competing for bowl eligibility. You know, I know you might not this year, but I think in year two, to see the steps and process that you want to see as a fan, a knowledgeable fan, I think you need to have that opportunity at at least going to a bowl game by next year in year two. 
I mean, right now you're seeing competition in the first half usually. You are. And, and it's the second half that we're getting wore down, which, again, shows the lack of depth. Yes. So I, I do think that next year there'll be better depth-wise um, with other recruits coming in. And I think that we're going to see a whole lot of, again, new faces over these last four games. Yeah, I, and I hope we do. And I hope we just mix things up a little bit. Like I said last week on the show, I'm not so much frustrated with the win-loss is just the fact that it seems like it's the same exact thing over and over and over again. 100% with you on that. So we'll see. Hey, guys, tomorrow night, Halloween night, Thursday night, in Waco, Texas, West Virginia, taking on the 12th-ranked Big 12-leading Baylor Bears. 8 o'clock kickoff. Our airtime is set for 4.30. You guys look like you got something else to say over there? Everybody get everything out? (laughs) <laughs> uh we was just talking uh i think uh one of the uh injuries uh that maybe i don't know if you mentioned but sean ryan's out yeah yeah and sean so there, we was just talking about the depth there's your okay. depth of wide receiver out for this game hey but there's some good talent at that they're excited about the young yeah. receiving core yeah it's right. just young and raw it is yeah. very All right, guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it is our pick six segment of the show. We'll update you on our yearly race for who knows more here in the studio coming up here in just a few. This is the Blitz Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Welcome back, everybody. The Halloween edition of the Blitz. West Virginia hosting Baylor. Not hosting. We're going to Baylor. Never mind me. West Virginia travels to Baylor tomorrow night to take on the Bears. 8 o'clock kickoff. 4.30 airtime here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station. Who are you going to call, Kelly? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's update on everybody on how our picks are going. Last week, there was a tie at the top. Myself and Kelly went 7-4. and four. Aaron goes 6-5. and five, And Neil, a losing record at 5-6. and six. Rounding out the season, Aaron and I are tied once again at the top with Neil trailing us by three games. Kelly, five games to catch up. Here over the last couple weeks of the regular season. Coming down the stretch, Kelly. Halloween. Who knows what will happen this upcoming weekend. It is our pick six segment of the show. Make sure you tune in to the podcast. That will be found on where again, Aaron? Where where are we at? You can find it on Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, and our website, kcountryradio.com, among other places. All right. And you'll get five more exclusive picks just on the podcast. Okay, here we go. Uh, Jumping around a little bit on your pick sheet. We'll start in the ACC Saturday at noon as NC State Travels to the 23rd-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons, noon on ESPN. Wake Forest 6-1. Let's go to our leader, one of our leaders, co-leader, Aaron Host. Starting off the week at 1-0, I'm going to take Wake Forest. I will go Wake as well. Neil Waldeck. 
Uh, yeah, I like Wake Forest in this matchup. Kelly Gamble. What better way for Halloween week than the Demon Deacon? <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Staying in the ACC with Virginia Tech. They get another shot at a big team. They'll travel to South Bend. Notre Dame coming off that big loss. Some would say surprising loss. I saw that coming a mile away. Uh, Notre Dame, 16th ranked, coming off that loss to Michigan last week. They're at 5-2 and two as well. It's weird because both teams are 5-2, and two, but you hear so many Virginia Tech fans just bashing. Virginia Tech, maybe it's over the strength of the schedule. Guys, Notre Dame gets on track. I, I pick the Fighting Irish. Neil Waldeck. Uh, I agree with you. I think Virginia Tech just uh, hasn't got that quality win that the fans are wanting, but uh, they won't get it from Notre Dame. Kelly. It's turkey season. Go and, hunting. Uh, Notre Dame's going to go in there firing. <laughs> I like that. Aaron Host, your pick, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right, we're 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 square on two games. Guys, big one. In Jacksonville, Florida, it is the annual rivalry game. Some people call it the Georgia-Florida game. Some people call it the Florida-Georgia game. Some people still call it the world's largest cocktail party, and that's the one I like. They're, they're not allowed to say that anymore, but I still do. Okay, Big one. Two top ten teams in the SEC. Number eight, Georgia. They're six and one. Number six, Florida. They're seven and one. Florida has been steadily climbing all season. Of course, Georgia dropping one there a few weeks back to South Carolina. Neil, which way are you going in the Georgia Florida game? Well, I like the uh, Gators in this matchup. I think uh, the Gators have played very well against tough competition. Now they get one at home. I think they'll take advantage of it. I think they get past the Bulldogs. Why do you always think this game's played at home? What's that? Why do you think this game's always played at home? Because I feel that uh, they just have a better opportunity. Because they're playing in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Split stadium. Neil, Neil always drives me crazy with that one. <laughs> he always does. It's a split stadium. It's a neutral field. He's still going with Florida, though? You're still going yeah, with Florida? Yeah, I'm still going okay. with Florida. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Kelly Campbell, Georgia, Florida. The Bulldogs are going to bite the Gators' tail. I'm going Georgia. Going Georgia. Aaron Host. Georgia. And I will go Georgia as well, leaving Neil Waldeck all by his lonesome in that uh, game played in Jacksonville, split stadium. Oh, well. He'll get it one of these years. <laughs> Kansas State and Kansas. Back um, back last week, both of these teams uh, pulled a big upset. Who can stay uh, on the winning track here? Who wins? This is also called the Sunflower Showdown, if anybody cares. 22nd ranked Kansas State, 5 and 2. Kansas, 3 and 5. Kelly Gamble. Cats like to eat birds. So uh, <laughs> it's a uh, wildcat. Are you going with all these um, sayings because it's Halloween? You like it? I do. It's I kind of like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> Kansas State, Kansas, Aaron Host. K State. I'll go K State as well. And Neil Waldeck. Yeah, I like the wildcats. All right. Big 12, stay in there for a second. Last game in the Big 12. On Saturday, 3.30 on ESPN, TCU travels to Stillwater to take on 
Oklahoma State five and three. Aaron Host, going to you first. Oklahoma State. I will go Oklahoma State as well. Neil Waldeck. Yeah, I like the uh, Cowboys. And Kelly Gamble. Cowboys are gigging frogs. Gigging frogs. Gigging. I always like the horn frog mascot. He's got spikes, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cowboys Oklahoma like State. I will take them as well. Uh, full sweep on that one. One last game in our pick six segment, guys. It's tomorrow night. It's at 8 o'clock. It's on ESPN as our Mountaineers travel into Waco to take on the 12th-ranked Baylor Bears. Neil Waldeck, your pick, West Virginia Baylor. I'm going with Baylor in this matchup. I think they uh, dominate this primetime TV. Baylor wins 51-10. Kelly Gamble. Bears are scarier at night, man. I'm telling you. Again, it's, it's enough to see them in the daylight, but they're scarier at nighttime. So uh, <laughs> I think that Baylor wins 38-17. They can sneak up on you, too, at night. They do. They can. They're, you know, they're, they're black, especially a black bear. I mean, you know, it's harder to see them. <laughs> Aaron Host, give me an upset. No. Oh, Baylor. man. Baylor. All right, guys, here's the deal. Baylor sets it home last week. Looking ahead, they they know it, man. They don't. They're unfamiliar territory right now. Okay, they are. They are in unfamiliar territory. None of these guys were on those teams when they were good. None of them. They're sitting there going, man. Couple weeks. We got we got Oklahoma and Texas coming in here. They're forgetting about West Virginia this week, guys. This is the perfect opportunity for an upset. West Virginia sets it home. They get all prepared. They're focusing on their self. Get some time to look at them bears. First upset of the Neil Brown era comes tomorrow night as he knocks off the Baylor Bears 34-31. Walk-off uh, walk field goal. I like wins it, the game. I hope you're right. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I build it up all show. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. I, I thought you building it up to say, but... It won't happen. Now, I'm not going to pull a not-so-fast, my friend. Ah, Lee Corso quote. <laughs> Guys, we're all out of time here on The Blitz. Thanks for being good sports during our Pick 6 segment tonight. You, the listener, make sure you catch the Sports Roundtable podcast for five exclusive picks that you can only hear there. Until next week, my name's Chris Westfall for Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. You've been listening to The Blitz. All right, we're through all the great Halloween music that we played tonight. Just going cold intro right back here into the sports roundtable. Thanks for joining us tonight. Guys, this is our first um, year that we've tried the whole podcasting thing. And I tell you, it's really cool. And I want to take this time and thank all of our listeners um, from the past couple weeks. Morgantown, of course, here in Kingwood, and we got Weston, West Virginia as well. Shout out to Dayton, Ohio, Ashburn, Virginia, San Jose, California, and Mountain View, California as well. If you're listening to The Blitz right now on the Sports Roundtable podcast, we sure do appreciate you listening. We've updated you on the current standings for the year, and it's time for our five exclusive picks that you get right here on the podcast. Looking back to what we've already talked about, uh, not disagreeing on a lot, I took the West Virginia Mountaineers over the Baylor Bears, the only one. Uh, Neil took the Georgia Bulldogs. Florida. He took Florida. Everybody else took Georgia. And I think that's the only disagreement 
we have so far for the week. So let's get back into these picks. Boston College takes on Syracuse. Boston College at four and four. Syracuse at three and five. Noon on the ACC Network on Saturday. Aaron Host. I like Boston College in this one. They seem like they're a hard-nosed, tough football team with a few quality wins, and I think they're going to get their fifth. Guys, something some weird going on because looking at this, I, I was thinking Boston College all the way, and then I see Syracuse, three-point favorite. Syracuse uh, liked by the Football Power Index. I'm going Syracuse. And who knows in the ACC this year, right? Neil Waldeck. I just know that Syracuse has given a lot of yardage up on the ground. That's where Boston College likes to run. I'm taking Boston College. Kelly, did I change your mind? Did I change your mind? No, I'm taking Syracuse. Oh, so you were going off the bat. I I was already at Syracuse pick from the beginning. So what, orange juice uh, drowns the eagles? going to be all over the eagle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's stay in the ACC. Guys, a game that used to mean so much and people just got excited about Every year, it was the battle for Florida. It seemed like it always had some sort of national championship implications. Not so much over the last few years, and definitely not this year, as both teams come in at 4-4, four and four, trying to get to bowl eligibility. Miami travels to Tallahassee to take on the Florida State Seminoles. Guys, I'll go Florida State. Neil Waldeck. Uh, I'm with you on that one, Chris. I like the uh, Seminoles uh, to squeak past. Uh, this is one of those 50-50 games, but yeah. I'll take Florida State. Kelly Gamble. Uh, yep, Seminoles will be ready to, to roll, I believe, in this one. Florida State. Miami got a big win against Pitt, but I believe Florida State pulls this one out. How does an Indian beat a hurricane? Uh, how, how can we spin that into the... There's <laughs> um, a hurricane dance. Does, yeah, instead of the rain dance. A hur- very good. Yeah. Very good. Which er- magic? Which magic? They can also do that. But which magic? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that Black answer. Magic, something yeah. like that. Wherever they I'll, call I'll it. take that answer. Which doctors? What they're called? I think. Who are you taking? Miami, Florida State. Well, Florida State still a dumpster fire in my <laughs> mind, and um, I have to go with the U. You're going with the U. Okay, getting some shake up here. Number nine, Utah, traveling to Washington. Four p.m. Pack twelve. Seven and one Utah, five and three Washington, top ten team in Utah. Neil Waldeck. Uh I like Washington in an upset over uh, Utah. I think uh, Washington uh, is a very solid team, even though they've lost a couple of games. But uh, I think they uh, get past Utah. Kelly Gamble. Huskies over the Utes. I, I was hoping that Neil would take Utah. I I was kind of hoping the same because I thought I was going to be one. I did too. I thought I'd be the only one. Yeah, you're not. I'm going to agree with you guys. Washington, Washington, another top 10 upset again this week outside of our top 15 upset that we're going to pull on Thursday night. Aaron Host, what are you? Which way are you going? Utah, Washington. Make it a clean sweep for Washington. Wow. Wow. I thought I'd be the only one. All of us taking the unranked team with three losses let's see how that works out for everybody hey guys college game day this week makes its very first appearance in memphis as the 15th ranked smu mustangs 8-0 in the season 
travels to take on the Tigers, ranked 24 at 7-1. 7.30 on ABC, it's also the night game, college game day in town. Going another upset. That place is going to be amped up, ready to go. Talk another undefeated team off the board. I'm going Memphis. Aaron Host. SMU. Neil Waldeck. I uh, like SMU in this one. They went on the road to beat TCU and some other teams. I think they can go into Memphis and uh, knock them off. Kelly Gamble. Memphis is actually favored. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking Okay, SMU. so I'm the only one seeing an upset here. College game day, guys. They're going to be nuts in Memphis come Saturday night. Okay. Nobody going to change your mind. Hey, another unranked team taking on a very highly rated Pac-12 team. Number 7 Oregon has to travel to Southern California to take on USC. Also 5 and 3, 8 o'clock at Fox. Guys, do we get another 5 and 3 unranked Pac-12 team defeating a 7 and 1 Pac-12 team? We we just picked one. All of us did. Will we all go with USC? Let's find out. Neil Waldeck. Uh, no, I think Oregon's too tough in this one. USC, not quite as good as like a Washington team. So I, I like Oregon in this matchup. Kelly Gamble. Staying with them. I said Dave's going to wipe a clean slate across the, the Pac-12 and got to stay with the Ducks. Hey, and I tell you, out of the Pac-12, if anybody has a shot of making the playoffs, it's Oregon. I'll go Oregon as well in this game. And finally, Aaron Host, last pick of the night, our co-leader at this time, Oregon, Oregon, clean, clean sweep. So we, so we get some disagreement on the board here. We'll have to see how next week's standings shake out. Why don't you join us again on the Sports Roundtable podcast next week? Until then, I'm Chris Westfall for Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. Saying good night.